John chapter 1. John chapter number 1 this morning. And if you were able to be here last week, last week I preached a message out of John chapter 4 on the offer of new life and about Jesus dealing with the woman at the well, the Samaritan. And, uh, and so we talked about the offer of new life as we're going through this new series. But also then I want to back up a little bit as I was thinking about last week, preaching about the offer. And today I want to talk about the originator of new life. You see, Jesus legally, legitimately, scripturally was the one that was able to offer it. And there's a reason. So tonight, or this morning, I want to look at John chapter 1 in these first five verses of your Bible. Look on with me this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless your word. Lord, speak to our hearts, deal with us. Lord, I pray if there is anything in our lives that would cause us to ever question you or to question your word, Lord, I pray that you would increase our faith. Lord, help us to have a firm foundation, and that is on you. I bless this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Tremendous portion of the Bible this morning, and as we live in a day, we all understand that so many today, as has been for many years, so many question the Bible, the Word of God. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but I've noticed in the last couple days, maybe last week, there is a new push now on this matter of abortion. How many of you have been seeing that on the news? I'm glad that some people are starting to recognize life. We've been talking about this matter of new life on Sunday mornings. Today we're going to focus on the originator of that new life. See, some people are critical about the origin of life in a mother's womb. I mean, how can you deny a child that is in the mother's womb? The psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 13, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Job said in Job 33 and verse 4, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me Life. I want you to look at this picture because we need to understand this morning that God is the giver of life. Only God can give us life and we need to be interested in what God creates. God has created life. I heard about a little boy that was in school and he was, he was uh, interested in, in, in a lot of things, but he was talking to his friend and he says, you know, you know it would have made no difference to me at all if my grandmother had been born a monkey. He said, that wouldn't have bothered me. And the little friend that he had says, well, it might have bothered your grandpa, you know. 
And you think about so many people today, when it comes to the origin of life, they really don't know what to believe because they don't know what the scriptures say. And that's why John chapter number one is a tremendous passage. It's very important for us to understand this matter of new life because in John chapter one, we find that Jesus Christ is the source of all life. That is the natural life and the spiritual life. So this morning, I want you to see that he was, first of all, revealed in eternity. The Bible says in verse number one again, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let's all say that verse together, all right? Here we go. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What a great verse. There's so much truth in that verse. It's so important because this particular verse is so misunderstood by so many people today, especially those in the religious realm. A lot of cults have taken this verse and they have twisted it and distorted it into something other than what God's word says about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see that we find the eternality of the word, that Jesus as God existed before time. Now, when we use the terminology here, the beginning, as the Bible says, in the beginning, that's a reference to when time began. Can I tell you when time began? Time began as we know it when God began to create this world. That's when time as we know it. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Time did not begin until God initiated his command to create. God is the creator of all things. And Jesus, as God, according to John 1, Jesus existed in eternity past. Look at the words again in John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Everybody see that? In the beginning was the Word. Jesus was already there. He was already there before God created anything. Some would argue that Jesus began his existence in Bethlehem's manger. But look what the Bible says over in the Old Testament book of Micah 5.2. But thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, look at this, whose goings forth have been from of old, from what? Everlasting. See, Jesus Christ was eternal God. He was there before God ever created this world. We see the eternality of the world, but, word, but we also see the essence of the word. In verse number one again, look at it. In the beginning was, there's the eternality, the word. And watch this, and the word was with God. So here we learn that the word, capital W, is a person. The Word was with God. Jesus is not some concept that man has come up with. He's not some abstract being out there. Jesus was with God. He's the second person of the Trinity that you just heard uh, Brother Wally and Miss Lynn sing about. The Bible says in Colossians 2, In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Look what it says over in Hebrews chapter number 1. I love these verses. The Bible says, hath in these last days spoken unto us 
by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus, as God is describing in the book of Hebrews, is the express image of God. In other words, he is the mirror image of God the Father. And the Bible tells us that Jesus to us is the revelation of God. God revealed to himself to us in the form of his son. That's why the Bible says, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning what? God with us. So we see the eternality of the word, that he was there before creation, before time as we know it. We see the essence of the word that Jesus was a person. He is the second person of the Trinity. But then I want you to notice in verse 1 the exactness of the word of God. Because when I look at verse 1 again, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Let's say that. And the word, the word was God. Folks, that simplifies it right there. The word, Jesus, he was God. He's referred to in the Bible as the Word. He was, he's referred into the Bible as Jesus or Jesus Christ. He's referred to as the Son of Man. This Jesus is whom the Bible declares is God. Now, I know a lot of times we think of a son because he was God the Son. And when I think of me as a son to my father, in our economy, in our way of thinking, we have father, son. That's the way it is in our home, the structure in our home, the authority. Now, the problem is in some homes, instead of it being father, son, it's children, father. It ought not to be that way. But we understand that God is intended for the authority in the home to be the father and the son. But when you think of God, you cannot think in the economy we live in because Jesus as God, as the son, it wasn't God the Father, God the Son. The Bible clearly tells us that Jesus was not inferior to God. The Bible says that he was with God. That means he was co-equal, he is co-existent, that Jesus is God. Look at John 5, 18. The Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his Father, look at these words, making himself what? Equal with God. See, the Bible tells us that Jesus was equal. John 14, 9, Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? See, when you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Because the Bible tells us Jesus was God, listen, who became man. See, that's where it gets all twisted in man's way of thinking. Because when you're in this world, so many people do not understand that he was God that became man. See, he was in eternity past. He was with the Father. He was God. He was then, by this miraculous birth, conceived of the Holy Ghost. 
He was born of a virgin. He came into this world. Why? For our redemption. Jesus shed his blood so that we might have eternal life. That's what tonight is going to be when we gather around the table, the Lord's table. Now, certainly, it will not be like that time where Jesus got his disciples just short of the cross, went in an upper room, and sat down at the table with his disciples and began to to have that time with them while his heart was heavy. Tonight, it will be for us as his church to come together to remember his sacrifice, to remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says as we think about Jesus becoming a man and shedding his blood for our sins, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, for what the law could not do, in that it, the law, was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God and he was slain from the foundation of the world. John the Baptist recognized that when Jesus came to him that day at the Jordan River. He said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Look what it says in Hebrews 2 2 and verse 10. It, It became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Suffering. See, Jesus, it behooved him. It was in our best interest that Jesus gave his life so that we can have eternal life someday. When I think about Jesus this morning, the originator of life, the reason we could say that is because he was revealed in eternity. But notice, secondly, he was created with authority. Excuse me. He created with authority. He wasn't created. He he created with authority. Understand this morning that as God, look what it says in verse number three. It says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So what does Jesus do as, as he is God? Jesus creates. That's what the Bible tells us. And I see the decree of his creation. That as the source of life, the Bible says that all things were made by him and all things were made for him. In other words, it was through him that all things were made. And when we study the Bible, here's what we will find is, is that all three persons of the Godhead were present at creation. When you study the Word of God, here's what you find is, is that all three of them were there. Now, you see the same thing is true when you think of our salvation. When I think of the wonder of salvation, and if you're here this morning, I pray and I trust that you know Christ as your Savior, that if this was your last day on this earth, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you're not saved this morning, understand Jesus has already died for your sins, that you can have a home in heaven, but you have to accept the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. But when I think about salvation, all three persons of the Godhead play a role in it. For instance, for God so loved the world. That's God the Father. God loved us so much 
We just read the verse. What did he do? Even in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave. Well, what did he give? He gave his only begotten son. So God the Father gave the Son so that we can have eternal life. What did the Son do? Jesus was willing to do the will of the Father to come from heaven to earth to live among sinful men and to give his life so that we can have eternal life someday. Jesus shed his blood so that we might be saved. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation? The Holy Spirit of God is the one that guides us in truth. The Holy Spirit of God speaks about Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God convicts us of the sin in our lives and that we cannot get to heaven on our own, that we must put our faith in Jesus Christ. When I think about creation and I think about salvation, all three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity, were working together in the creation of the world. If you look back in Genesis 1, in verse number 1, the Bible says this, In the beginning, God. Let's say that. In the beginning, God. Now, the word God there is the word Elohim. The word Elohim is actually a plural form of God. So it's not something that is singular. It is something speaking of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And the Bible says in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was what? Light. Now, look at those verses, okay? I want you to see this, because, again, the word Elohim is the word for God. All three persons are there. Look in Genesis 1, there in your notes. In the beginning, there you have God. If you look down a little bit, it says, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. So you have God the Father, you have the Spirit of God. Say, well, wait a minute, isn't there someone missing? I'm glad you asked. Because God said in the last verse, verse 3, let there be what? And there was light. What is the light? Jesus. Look back in John chapter 1. It says here, as we read in verse number 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus himself identified himself when he was on this earth in his earthly ministry and said that he was the light of the world. If you don't believe that, the three persons there working together in creation, if you continue in Genesis 1, look at verse 26. The beginning of that verse says, God said, let us make man in our own image. See all the pluralities there? You see it again in verse number 22 of chapter 3 of Genesis, where the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as one of us. You see, I find here that this, all these verses, and here in John chapter number 1, they are powerful proof of the deity of Jesus Christ, that he is God. I see the decree of his creation, but notice secondly, I see the domain of his creation. Because the Bible says that all things were created by him and for him. How many things were created by him? Everything. Folks, that means everything that was created. What is his domain? Everything. 
That includes you and me. This world was created by God. The Bible says in Colossians 1.16, By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Aren't you glad this morning and thankful for the creative power of our God? He truly is an omnipotent God. Reminds me of a little granddaughter. She was over at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and she was sitting on Grandpa's lap on the front porch in his favorite rocker, and they were looking out uh, on the property there, and she saw the trees on Grandpa's property, and, 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 and they were spending some time talking about how God made this and God made that. And so the little girl, she, she was sitting there, and she, she asked Grandpa, she said, did God make you, Grandpa? And he said to his little granddaughter, he says, well, sweetheart, yeah, God made Grandpa too. She began to touch his face, play with the wrinkles. And she was messing around with his face, and she thought for a little bit, and she looked up at him, and she says, you know, Grandpa, God's been doing a lot better job lately. But you know what I find when I read the Word of God? Here's what I find is, everything, listen to me, everything God made, when he made it was perfect. Because the Bible says in the Genesis account of creation that it was good. It was good. It was good. How many of you are like me? You buy a nice car, you buy nice furniture, then you have children. You know where I'm going with this? Then you don't have a nice car and you don't have nice furniture. Everything man touches, he ruins it. You see, man has polluted this world, man has corrupted this world. But when I think about the domain of his creation, see, yes, you can say, and I, I know you watch the news and you see things in the world, you see sin and sickness, pain, sorrow, all these things in the world today. Can I tell you, God didn't create those things. God didn't create all those things. The Bible says in Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. See, all of that is just the fruit of what man has done. God's creation initially was pure. It's beautiful. God loved his creation so much, listen to this, that when we sin, that God loved it so much that he, God, came down in the form of a man and lived among us and died on a cross to redeem us back to himself. See, God loves the people that he created. See, I see he was revealed in eternity. And I see as the originator of life that he created with authority. But I also see that he provided life to humanity. He provided life to humanity. Look at verse 4 again. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. See, new life comes from Jesus. In him was life. This is telling us about the revelation of life. The word life here speaks not only of physical life, but it's talking about spiritual life. Because as we study the scriptures, we understand 
that God created all things. That means God created the waters and he created the plants and he created the lights and the, the mountains and matter and God created us. And God is the creator of life, has created all of these things and he has created what is known as eternity. The Bible says God is in a place called heaven. And Jesus is the source of not only this life that we now live, but also eternal life. Jesus came to give us eternal life. Look what Isaiah said in Isaiah 43. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. You want to go to heaven someday? You must believe in Jesus Christ. See, the revelation, he is the revelation of life. 1 John 5, 20, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and that we are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Did you see what God said about his Son? That he is the true God and that he is the eternal life. There is only one true God and he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am not one of the ways, I am the way. And that's what he tells us from the word of God. Jesus did, he did not only come to bring life to us, but Jesus also comes to bring life. The Bible says in verse four, and the life was the light of men. Jesus is that spiritual light of the world. Listen, what this world needs is more about Jesus. This world needs to hear more about the spiritual light that in Hebrews chapter one and verse number three, the Bible says that Jesus is the brightness of his glory. That's who Jesus is. And I find that if Christians would just reflect Jesus to this world, then this world would know a little bit more about him. And as Jesus came and as he not only was revealed and he created with authority, Jesus provided life and we see the revelation of life, but also we see the salvation of life because the Bible tells us that light and life bring salvation. Jesus didn't come just to lead us to life or give us life. Jesus is life. See, when I, when I met the Lord Jesus uh, uh, 35 years ago, my life changed. Everything about it changed. Why? Because I now had Jesus who is the light. Jesus is the one that gives us salvation. Look at John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What did Jesus do when he came to this world? Listen, he came unto his own. He came into a sin-cursed world, a dark, hostile place that rejected him. And when you reject God, when you reject Jesus as God, there's no telling how far you will go. Listen, this past week, as a matter of fact, just about a, a week ago tomorrow, I think it was, uh, many of you probably or at least heard the name. Some of us probably remember more than any, any others, but does the name Doris May Kappelhoff ring a bell? Doris Day. Doris Day passed away on Monday at the age of 97 due to pneumonia. 
She was known as Doris Day, America's girl next door. She grew up as a Roman Catholic. Later on, because of one of her husbands, she became a Christian scientist. Eventually, she drifted away from religion. But according to her own testimony, she remained a spiritual person. Doris Day didn't like death. Her wishes, when they were read and she passed, her wishes were, I don't want a funeral, I don't want a memorial service, and I don't want a grave marker. She lived her life for animals, for dogs. They were her family after four failed marriages. She lived her life by the song that she made famous, K. Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. You know, you think about this song that she made so popular. Times are tough, yes, when you take God out of the equation. When I think about this world that we live in, they've taken the Bible out of the equation. They've taken Christianity out of the equation. But I'm so glad that in spite of them taking the Bible and God and all these things out of the classroom and the courthouse and from America, I'm glad that there's still some light that's available in this world today. And that light that's available is Jesus. He is the light of the world. See, wherever Christians go, and if you are a child of God this morning, understand that every one of us have the power of God and we have the Word of God that is quick and powerful and that every one of us, as we go out into this dark world, we should be bringing God's light into a dark world. See, as we're doing that, what are we doing? We're delivering people from the power of sin under the power of light. First John 5, look at verse 11. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Folks, that's not my words, that's God's words. If you're saved this morning, guess what you have? You not only have natural life, you have spiritual life. But if you are not saved this morning, according to the Bible, the Bible says you have not life. Only Jesus can be the one to give us eternal life because he is the originator of life. And if you are rejecting Jesus today, then understand this morning you are not saved. Look at verse 13 of 1 John 5. God says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. God says it shouldn't be a guessing thing. He says that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God this morning. And that's the question this morning is, are you saved? Do you know for sure? If this was your last day on this earth, would you wake up in the presence of God? Because the Bible says that precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints. Isaiah chapter 59, verse number 2. See, the reason that many of us will not go to heaven someday is not because God doesn't love us. The truth is God does love us. God's proven that over and over again. But notice it's our sins that separate us from God. See, the Bible says in Isaiah 59, your iniquities, your sins have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Whatever it is this morning in your life, 
that's hindering you from being saved. What you need to understand this morning is, is that your sin is separating you from God and you need to come to God and repent of your sins. See, some people say, well, listen, I've, I've tried this and I've tried that. There's a lot of people that are trying things. I want you to notice this next picture as a lot of people are trying to work their way to heaven. They think if they can just build something to get there. Maybe they can figure it out. Maybe they can give enough money. Maybe they can live a good life. Folks, those are all things that man has conjured up. We call those works. <clears throat> the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. You see, I, when I think about so many people that are trying to do things, what does the Bible say? What is the way? How can we get to God? Well, the Bible says that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How, did, how is man going to get to God? Jesus spanned the way. Jesus became the way that we can get to God, the way that we can have eternal life. If you're here this morning, listen, don't, don't continue to reject God. Jesus came into this world and his own received him not. A lot of people think, listen, I, I think I'm doing enough to get by. Folks, we can't do enough to get by. Our sins have separated us. Jesus is the source of life. But I want you to look back in our passage at one last verse, verse number five. The Bible says, and the light, Jesus, shineth in darkness. Now, let me stop there for a second. Because, yes, Jesus was here physically over 2,000 years ago. But one of the things I love about God's word is I want you to look at that word. Look, look in your Bible. Does the word say shine, shined? What does it say? It says shineth. Now, let me give you a little lesson this morning. I love the accuracy of the word of God. Because when you see an action word, a verb, and you see an E-T-H on the end of it, here's the force. Here's why they translated it the way they did. Because it didn't just happen over 2,000 years ago. It's a continual action that is going on even today in the present. See, you know what that means? Over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was here, his light was shining then in the dark world. But guess what? In 2019, it's still shining in a dark world. And I, I almost have to believe myself that it's probably brighter today than it was back then. Say, wait a minute. I thought the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is. The light's the same. The world's getting darker. And the darker the light, the, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Jesus is shining more and more. When I think about what the Bible says here, Jesus in verse number five, he is the life and he is the light. He is shining in this dark world. In John 1.10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Do you know the source of life today? Do you know Jesus? Look at a verse that's really hit home with me especially in these last couple years, in John 3, 18. See, a lot of times we focus on 
John 3.16. And if you're saved this morning, by the way, how many of you know Christ as your Savior this morning? What a wonderful sight this morning. Now, can I just say something to you that raised your hand? Praise God you're saved. Praise God. But understand that God saved us and he left us here. Why? Because there is a world of people out there that still do not understand who the originator of life is. And I want you to look at this verse, especially those of you that are saved, and even if you're here this morning and in your heart you're not sure. And I want you to look two verses later from John 3.16 to John 3.18. The Bible says, He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Folks, it's pretty simple. God loves you. This morning, I'm just trying to preach the truth. And the truth is, Jesus loves you so much, He gave His life for you. And the simple fact is, this morning is, will you accept God's gift? Will you accept what Jesus gave, not only life, but He came that we could have eternal life? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? New life, it begins with Jesus. Lord, I pray that you bless this morning. Thank you for those that are here. Thank you for the listening ears this morning, the attentiveness to the Word of God. I pray that you'd bless this invitation time. Lord, that if there is someone here today that's not saved, that they would, they would stop playing a game with God. Lord, they would accept you this morning as their Savior. Again, Lord, we pray that you'd work on hearts. In Jesus' name, would you stand?